Sal Berry. I hear that, and I just think this is ever the streets have no name. Right, like the <laughs> beginning of that song. And Tim Parrish. 18,000, not 100. That's a one and an eight, followed by three zero. I gotta find a different line of work, because I can't afford any of this stuff. You need to go get yourself a 7980 Opeachy uncut sheet. This is the Puck Junk Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Puck Junk Podcast. Sal Barry here. Along with me is Tim Parrish, aka the Real DFG on Twitter. And today we're going to talk about more hockey goodness. Uh, Tim, what's up with you today? How how are things? Um, just recouping from a show last night, and other than that, enjoying the day. Did you blow the doors off the place? Uh, we did. Blow the roof not off only the, not only the doors we blew the roof off you know i wonder why you guys don't do our theme song i mean i love the little jingo that uh that uh, jim howard did for us but uh i was like tim you should do you should do a, a an intro theme for us you're a musician yeah maybe i can come up with something i'm a yeah. musician i just i place other people's songs i don't play my own <laughs> oh okay you play other people's songs yes. okay well anyway so uh what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about um some new releases and our big topic of the day is talking about artifacts, which came out uh, late last month. Um, first, I want to talk about some new, re- new and recent releases. So uh, the first thing I want to talk about is Upper Deck announced late last week that they are starting up game dated moments again. Uh, cards one, two, and three are available from last Friday to this upcoming Friday. So the first three cards, uh, it was uh, John Tavares I don't know why I wrote Patrick Marlowe in my notes. That doesn't even make sense. Um, <laughs> well, he did have a good he did have a good game uh, for the Sharks, uh, scoring two goals against the Blackhawks. But anyways, um, he did. yeah. But John Tavares, Cody Glass, who I watched play with the Chicago Wolves last season. Now he's uh, doing well as a uh, rookie with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, and looking then, pretty good so far. New York Rangers rookie Capo Caco, and I hope I said that right. Sounds uh, right. Because uh, so those are the three cards. They're available for three ninety nine each, as long as you purchase at least one pack of anything on EPAC. Now, uh, Tim, last year I did not collect game dated moments other than a couple of cards, and I'm not going to lie. The, the game dated moment cards I bought were a card of gritty. I think another card of Gritty, if I remember correctly, and a card of Alex DeBrinkett. Those were the three game-dated uh, moment cards I bought. Did you buy any of the cards last year? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I bought zero. Zero. Zero cards. N- just didn't, didn't, none of them. I guess there's no I, Billy Garrett cards. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never been in the into the game-dated moments really that much. I mean, I I guess I'm not. I don't need the instant gratification of having that card, but you know, I wouldn't be opposed to picking something up on the secondary market if it fit fit my collection, but I've never actually bought it direct. Well, but I mean, on the secondary market, it's going to be more, not less. I mean, if I spent $4 for a card, I'm going to want to get at least $4 for it for three ninety three ninety nine, and then figure it cost me a quarter to transfer uh, once I ship it unless you it's still in somebody's uh comc account but still you'll have to pay a quarter to like you know have it delivered you know what i'm talking about yeah 
So, I mean, I did the math last year and I just thought that ah, this is a really expensive set to put together. Uh, I don't mind it so much because I mean, tops now cards are like five bucks a piece or whatever. So, right. um, $4 is not a lot for something with a relatively small print run. I just don't like the fact that you have to buy an EPAC to, to be able to unlock these cards. I, I don't like that. Every time I've had to do that, I've just bought a pack of uh, compendium cause it's a dollar. Um, yeah, I mean, that would make sense. It's kind of like, you know, it's like, it's like the companies you order, order stuff from. And in order to get free shipping, you have to have a certain amount and, you know, your item is $2 short. So you end up buying something you don't necessarily want just so you can get it. You know, I will say this though. <laughs> the last time I bought a pack of compendium, I did, uh, pretty well. I got a, um, I got a, a printing plate of, um, I want to say it was uh, William Carlson, and I was able to I was able to trade that for a printing plate of Carter Hutton. Like the guy didn't even second guess my offer. I was just like, "Will you trade this for this?" And he was just like, "Yup," and that was it. So uh, that's not um, that's not too bad. But uh, yeah, I just I I I like the idea of exclusive sets like that. I mean, I'm always the first in line when something like Hockey Card Day comes along. I mean, I know those are free, but I, uh, I just, I don't, you know, it's not for everybody. And I think that's okay too, to be able to pick and choose. And I mean, this year I'll definitely do that if they do any Blackhawk cards or if they do any, um, you know, any of the new Blackhawk cards, or of course, if Gritty does something egregious that merits, uh, inclusion in game dated moments, then I'll buy that as well. What more could he do? He's already slid across the ice naked. Yeah. Well, and he, was that the one when he was, uh, uh at the, uh, outdoor classic? I think so. Yeah, where he was running around naked. Yeah. Um. So the other, uh, the other thing I want to talk about. Well, a couple other things I want to talk about. But okay. And then also up this week is um, tops now a sticker pack number two containing stickers number ten through eighteen. So they did release all the images of um, the stickers for the first week. By the way, I don't know if if you. Did you ever, I know the print run. Do you want to guess what the print run was for week one? So this is how many sold for week one, meaning this is the print run from week one. Do you, do you know what it is? Do you want to guess? Um, I do not people, know what it is, so I will people, guess. Okay. How many people bought uh, the week one sticker pack and free album? I will say they sold 4,200. Wow, I like your uh, I like your thinking. Um, I know it, it's not that high. There's no way. Do you want? All right, you want to take one more guess then? Uh, I'll give four, you three guesses. Like four like, hundred. No, somewhere between four hundred and four thousand. Oh well, that lands. <laughs> um, let's go with nine forty six. No, one thousand four hundred and eighty three. That's not bad. Are you kidding? I think that's that's pretty low. Fourteen hundred people said, "Yeah, all right, this uh, tops now sticker set, I'm in." And however many people said no, I I think that's just odd. Like not odd. I'm I'm actually disappointed. I thought it would have at least two thousand, three thousand. I mean, how many people buy hockey cards? How many people bought Panini hockey stickers last year? Well, after we talked about it in the last show, I'm sure those 1,400 people were the ones listening to us. So, uh huh, right? They went out yeah. and they bought it. Yeah, so it makes um, sense. 
the thing is, is that they're still selling the sticker albums by themselves for $1.99. So if you didn't get the first batch of stickers, but you want to get subsequent batches of stickers and then also get the sticker album, you can do that. I, I don't know. Is there any real incentive for somebody to buy week two, week three, week four, if they don't get week one? Uh, because it's meant to be put together as a collection. I don't, I don't think so. And, you know, I go back to kind of what I said before. I, I think the stickers are going to work in the store. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about the tops now sticker thing. I mean, the good thing for them is they don't have to print them unless they sell them. Right. Is that how yeah. it works? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like they're losing anything other than the design they've already put into it. I do wonder if, uh, Speaking of the tops stickers that'll be sold in November, I'm wondering if they're going to have some sort of a, a way where you could just buy the last few stickers that you need, like Panini's done over the past, you know, 30 that, years. That, that's a good question. We should probably reach out to somebody and find out. Yeah, I, I, I do want to know. I mean, of course, I kind of have to go and I, I only need a handful of Panini stickers from last year's album, and I just need to buy them because I trade with people on a website called laststicker.com, which is pretty good for trading stickers, but a lot of times you get, you know, it's just like the same people over and over, and everybody needs what they need, and you just kind of see the same sure. people over. have They have what you don't need, and you have, but they don't have anything to trade you, so it's just kind of... You know, until like a new yeah. set comes out and then everybody is like trading a lot of doubles for like the first month or so, or even up until like January or February, like because people will buy the stickers, you know, a couple months after the releases and then it'll just kind of die down until the next set comes out. Yeah, you end up in the stalemate when you have the same traders over and over and over again. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of tough and uh, it's unfortunate. Um, but uh, all right, so. Um, the other thing, we should have probably brought this up last week, but I will admit, I didn't know about this last week. This was not on my radar. So apparently, okay, people, uh, hold on to your hats. Apparently, there is a 2019-20 score hockey set coming out. Now, this set contains two cards. So is it really a set if it has two cards? That's the first question. And the second question is, how do I get these cards? Well, Tim, how do you get these cards? Well, to answer the first question, there are more than two cards. There's oh, only and, two players. And who are these two players? Um, they have the uh, number two pick from the 19 draft, Capo uh, Caco, signed to an exclusive that they announced back in September. And then a couple weeks later, they signed the number nine pick in the 18 draft, which who or who was Vitaly Kravtsov? So both New York Rangers both signed to exclusive autograph licenses with Panini. So they thought, huh? How else can we get their product out there? So they decided to create a direct-to-consumer product that was going to be sold directly through the Panini website. Uh, if anybody's ever logged on to their store online uh, to purchase any of their products that are the direct-to-consumer products. It was supposed to be in the same place um, on the website. They made an announcement on September 30th on their Twitter account and posted on their blog that on October 2nd, these were going to be released to the public uh, for purchase. 
And you're right, $14.99 a pack for a two-card pack. And each pack was going to have one autograph card of one of the guys, and the other card would be in a parallel of one of the guys. base card. See, that's not the way I read it. I read it as a parallel. One base card plus one parallel or autograph card. Oh, so it wasn't guaranteed as an autograph then? No, and you know what? I actually have it open right here. So let's go to the icon. All right, let's see here. A direct-to-consumer product available exclusively through iCollectPanini.com. Let's see here. Each two-card pack of 2019-20 score hockey would include one rookie card of either Kako or Kratzoff and one autograph or parallel of the other. Mm, okay. Well, I knew there was supposed to be all sorts of different numbered parallels with different colors. I think they were going to have the cracked ice proofs in there as one of ones. And So uh, what they have here is black, not numbered, red, numbered to 99, blue line, sorry, red line numbered to 99, blue line numbered to 49, gold line numbered to 25, artist proof numbered to 5, and cracked ice master proofs numbered to only one well let me let me just tell you my experience with this sure and folks out there if you actually logged in and purchased yourself some which there were many because you can find them all posted on ebay now but this is strictly my experience and i'm giving this as entertainment value so i went on the site to check it out when i found out about it and you could set yourself up with either a single pack or a discounted five pack for fifty bucks. So you could either buy one at fourteen ninety nine or five for fifty. So of course, it, it wasn't going to go live until October second. I saw that. I saw it said coming soon, and I was fine with that. People took to Twitter immediately to voice their disdain as they do, uh, because for whatever reason, most people fails to read the actual print where it said it wasn't released yet but anyway i digress uh when the time came the product was supposed to be live for me the wheels fell off the website um when i would add items to my cart didn't have an issue when i went to check out i kept getting a pop-up window that said alert delete coming soon products from your cart and your only option was to click okay there was no other choice and they were supposed to be live at that time. After several attempts at this, um, I refreshed, 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 left it alone for a little bit, went back to it. A countdown clock showed up on the page. So from the time I first checked till that time, they added this countdown clock. And it had 30 minutes on it. So I waited, and at the end, same result. Added stuff to my cart, gave me the pop-up window, it said, Delete new items from your cart or delete soon, delete coming soon products from your cart. Hmm. Only option was okay. So like this is starting to completely frustrate me. So go through this a few times. Um, four or five more attempts. Refresh the page. 404 page not found error. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what? And so I hit refresh quite a few times. Same thing. 404, page not found, page not found. So at some point in the whole process, they took the site down. 
because I couldn't access it. And I tried it from three different computers and my cell phone. Couldn't get it from, from any of them. Um, now when you go there, there's no trace of it. Like there's no trace of it at all. If you go to Panini's website, go to their product pages where they sell their products, click mm-hmm. on hockey. There's no trace of it even existing. Now on their Twitter feed, um, Panini's Twitter feed. And if, if somebody listening out there wants to DM me on Twitter and let me know where the rest of this conversation went, feel free. Cause I couldn't find it, but where they made their initial announcement, people started commenting kind of the same issues that I had. They were posting screenshots, voicing immense frustration with the site not working. There were a few people that said that they were able to get it, get it to function. But uh, at the at the grand scheme of things, in the in the end, there was zero comment from Panini at all that I could find. I didn't find mm-hmm. it on their customer service or on their regular announcement so like i said if somebody out there listening found that or knows where that is or heard an announcement from them please feel free to share because i'd love to know what happened yeah i would too so i'm thinking that something like this you would think that they would um they because all right so they have the different numbered parallels to 99 to 49 to 25 to 5 to 1 right and then they also have a black parallel, which is not numbered. So, I mean, they could realistically, they could make, you know, they could make 10,000 rookie cards of uh, Kratzoff, 10,000 rookie cards of Kako, and then they could, you know, make 10,000 black parallels and then, you know, all, and then, or maybe a little less than 10,000 and then also have autographs and the other colored parallels. So, they could actually print as many as they want. And so it just seems strange that it would sell out so quickly. Well, and that's exactly it. You're making a product and you're trying to make it, you know, a direct consumer product where people are going to be able to buy it from your website and do whatever they, they is, whatever it is that they need to do to get the product. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, honestly, I, I was soured on the whole experience. I know many others were. It's evident. I mean, right now you can go go to eBay right now and just do a search for 1920 score hockey. Mm-hmm. You will find tons of people trying to sell the packs. You will find singles out there. Uh, you will actually find some images of both the black base parallels and the autographs. Um, I'm not sure if those were mock-up images. I also saw a red parallel and a blue parallel. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if they were mock-ups that somebody cut and pasted and, and stuck inside of a top loader, well then good for them with, for their editing skills. But, you know, people are selling packs for four or five times as much as what they were being sold retail. So if they actually have them in hand, good for them. But after that whole experience, I'm out. Right. I mean, A, I'm not a Rangers fan. B, right. I'm not a prospector. And C, I don't want to deal with that. So, and it, it's, I'm not a, I'm not a Panini hater by any means. Uh, if you took a look at half of my collection over the last 10 years, you can clearly see that I'm not a Panini hater. No. However, that whole thing, no. I mean, from, I consider myself a fairly seasoned collector and I'm, <laughs> 
I'm very patient when it comes to stuff, and I understand there's issues, especially with technology. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, that was bad. So, are you? Were you just? Were you buying them just because you were more of out of curiosity? Or were, I mean, obviously you hope to get an autograph, but I mean, I guess what's well, honestly your my intention was I thought there was an autograph in each pack, so I figured oh. if I bought two packs, the chances of me getting one of each guy and it'd be my only opportunity for this year in all of the products to get mm-hmm. one of those two autographs. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'd go, I'd go for that. At least take a shot at it and see what happens. Yeah, because Cut. where else is Score gonna put or Panini gonna put autographs of these guys? It's like. You know, the good news in is more we, score products. They announced that they're going to make more throughout the year. But who who else can they have? Uh, Jack That's, Eichel? That no, Eichel signed with Leaf a long time ago. So I don't know if that contract's run out or not, but in his rookie year, he signed with Leaf. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Eichel yeah. did sign with. In fact, you know what? I have that set and I don't like it. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's, it's not. I mean, it's not a, it was not a very good set. Bottom line, and I'll be honest, I'll be perfectly honest right now. I am not huge on buying an unlicensed product. Now, mm-hmm. I'll put a caveat to that. If it's well designed and it looks good, so be it. That's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've said on numerous shows, I liked In the Game. In the Game, I thought it had a great product. I thought when they did between the pipes and they did heroes and prospects and they did, um, you know, the, the 19, was it the 1970 tribute set and mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the, the enshrined set. And I thought all of those were top notch sets, well-designed, well put together. They're not licensed. I mean, they got player, obviously player licenses, but there's no logos. You don't see mm-hmm. logos on any of that product. You see minor leagues in the heroes and Prospects, And I get that. You know, Upper Deck has an exclusive license with the NHL. Now, obviously, Tops can make stickers. They can also make digital cards. But nobody else can. And taking advantage of what you have at your disposal, and that's a contract with a couple of young guys that could potentially be great or could be busts. We don't know yet. And put their, you know, put their likeness and put their signature on a product. And make a buck, fine, do it. You had me, but you lost me. Mm-hmm. So, makes you wonder how many packs they actually produced and sold. It sounds like they sold out pretty quick. I, I mean, like I said, I spent I spent the better part of like two to three hours wow. just messing with it. You know, off and on. No, I didn't spend the entire time like sitting there, but right. I I try three or four times, and then I'd let it go for 10, 20 minutes. And I come back, try it again. And then once that countdown clock popped up, I'm like, huh, that wasn't here before, or at least I didn't notice it. And then like I said, the whole thing went haywire and I'm like, okay, I'm out. Was the <laughs> countdown clock saying, this is how long you have to complete your purchase. Or was it saying, this is how long the product's going to be available. You know what? It, I don't re I don't remember. That's okay. At this point, at this point, I don't remember exactly what it said. It said something of that nature, but I don't know if it was one or the other. Because I know, so, like, I, I bought movie tickets the other day, and it had, like, a countdown clock. Like, you have to, you have to, because now you, you pick what seats you want, and then it's like, you you um have to complete it within six minutes, or it it times you out. Here's what, here here's honestly what I think happened. 
I think yep. they had the whole plan laid out. I think they had the website design. I think they tested it out. They figured it was going to be just like everything else that they they do the direct consumer and they make it available right now. I think they they have it's called something. I Panini has a name for it um, where they just where they print something brand. It's kind of like Tops Now or mm-hmm. you know Upper Decks Game Dated Moment. It's kind of like that. They have a similar type program. I think they thought it was going to function like that. I think they forgot to remember the fact that they haven't released a product in five years in this sport and hockey collectors are very passionate about what they do. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you've basically picked two very highly touted prospects in one of the biggest markets in the United States, New York, they play for the Rangers. So you, you got a lot of things going for you from a standpoint of saying, Hey, if we sell 500 of these normally, we're probably going to quadruple that mm-hmm. or more. And so when it came time to go live with the whole thing, I think they already had an idea in their head of how many they were going to produce. Because if you think about it, if you go back to those, um, if you go back to those print counts that you were talking about earlier and how many of each of those parallel cards are available, well, somebody much smarter than me could go through and do the math and figure out, okay, if your odds are this, and there's this many of each of these parallels, you could sort of figure out how many, essentially how many packs they're going to make available overall. Mm-hmm. Knowing that going into it, okay, the, the site's going live at, let's say, 3 p.m. on the 2nd, and it's shutting down at 6. Once it shuts down, we're going to see how many packs we've sold up to that point, and if there's still anything left on the bone that we were going to print, We'll put it back up and sell the remaining packs. Mm-hmm. And then you're done and you don't have to worry about it. I think everybody hit the site at once, so which is evident by the few people that have them. They were able to get through. They were able mm-hmm. to order. And a lot of us got clogged up in the whole traffic of the internet mm-hmm. and, could, mm-hmm. and couldn't get through. And that's, I think that's what happened. I'm speculating. I haven't heard anything from them. I can't tell you exactly what happened. I don't know. That's my guess. Well, <laughs> we'll see if see if Panini uh, will reach out to them and see if they if they have any comment. But uh, why don't we go ahead and talk about a set that uh, we actually were able to get our hands on? Uh, actually, came out uh, late last month. Uh, it was 2019 2019-20 Artifact Hockey by Upper Deck. The release date was September twenty fifth of twenty nineteen. So. Um, a box is eight packs per box, four cards per pack. Um, each box promises you three autograph memorabilia or Aurum bounty cards per box, as well as one rookie redemption card and four serial numbered cards per box. The base set is 100 cards, and then there's 45 star cards numbered to 699, 15 legends cards numbered to 599. 20 rookie cards numbered to 9.99 and then 40 rookie redemption cards. So I opened a box. I think you opened what? A box or two or was it a box and a blaster? Um I opened actually two boxes. Okay. Myself. All right. Um, and 
I got uh, got some interesting some interesting items. What was in yours? Well, uh, I think the so I was actually kind of happy with what I got. Like I got uh, I got an Alex Ovechkin um, card with two jersey swatches, which is pretty cool. Um, is it, are they patches or is it just regular jersey? Just regular. It's like a okay. blue piece and a red piece, and it's numbered out of um, hundred and I can't tell. It's all shiny and looks like hundred and twenty-five. Okay, so that's not bad. And uh, actually, you know, I'm just doing a little magnifying number 40 out of 125. Yeah. So um, I got to tell you, um, in the past, I've usually gotten some pretty good jersey hits from artifacts. But anyway, so in this particular box, I got um, an Alex Ovechkin jersey card, which, of course, I'm happy with. I also got a Jacob Verana jersey card, which it's like, yeah, usually when I buy a box like this, I get like three Jacob Veranas or like, remember well, you got uh, the Capitals box? Yeah. Remember Mark Parrish? He played like for the yeah. uh, Florida Panthers. How I could swear, I not remember him? <laughs> well, I remember him because I feel like every time I bought a box of something, it always had a Mark Parrish jersey card. Like I just always get his card for some reason. That was just like. Oh, Sal's buying this box, so it's going to have a Mark Paris jersey card in it because, you know, why not? Even like a couple, it's like a year ago, I bought a hot pack from a dealer, which I normally don't buy those, but it was only four bucks. So I was going to buy like one. And then the guy's like, well, that might have an expired redemption. I'm like, oh, no, that would suck. And so I looked and I'm like, well, okay, I'll buy this pack of artifacts for $4. And it had Mark Parrish. <laughs> so, boy. So. Your Mark Parrish was my Sergey Samsonov and Jason Allison. Oh my God! Yeah, I remember all those Samsonov cards you had. I think um, I have like thirty of the same jersey card. Um, so I got Ovechkin, Jacob Verana. Um, uh, my autograph was Kevin Fiala, who I think is going to become the new Mark Parrish for me because it's oh, like, oh, of course a, you got an autograph. Wow. Yeah, I got a Kevin Fiala signed on a sticker, which is I don't mind sticker autographs because. It actually works really well with the design, so that that's fine. Um, although with like, you know, I mean, they could really they could print this up like last year and just put 2019 on it and get it signed last year and then put it in the set this year. You know what I mean? Because it's not like it needs to have stats on the back or anything. You know what I mean? Um, You're talking about then, the autograph being the autograph. on a sticker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then. Um, but then again, at the same time, they probably might say, ah, you know, Kevin Fiala, he's probably going to get traded in the offseason. So let's just have him sign a bunch of stickers and then we could just put it on whatever. Let me ask you this. What jersey does it show him in? Uh, Wild. Okay, good. At least they've got that. And then I got something called a Rookie Relic Redemption Emerald Jersey Patch. Oh, Redemption. you got a. You got a patch redemption. Nice. Ooh, which team a, which team is that for? Doesn't say. It just says rookie redemption emerald patch. Does it have a have a Roman numeral on it? Yeah, one. Oh, sweet. That's so, a good that's a good one. What does it mean? That's you got the the I, I believe that would be the first uh the first pick. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm uh I'm <laughs> I think if that's how they're doing them. Yeah, I don't know. I should. Uh, I should redeem. I got to. I still got to redeem that other card. I think I'll do that to, uh, today. Um, and then you know, I got a bunch of base cards, and then I got like my one, two, three, four numbered cards, and then a fistful of base cards. And um, what about you? How how was your luck on this set? Um. So, 
I also got a an emerald. I got an emerald rookie redemption mm-hmm. uh, for the Ottawa Senators, and I was trying to fathom who that could possibly be uh, off the top of my head. And I couldn't think of anybody, but then my question was answered later in the box because I pulled a Rudolph's Balsers rookie. Okay. In an Ottawa Senators, so I thought. Oh, well, maybe it's going to be that guy again as a redemption card, but maybe not. Who knows? Um, no, I mean, they usually do. The redemption guys are always from uh, this season, and the the ones actually printed in are from, like, late last season, the leftover rookies. Well, I got, as far as the uh, numbered colored parallels, I got a Darnell Nurse copper for yep. two ninety nine. I got an Eichel. Out of 99, it's the Emerald one. Nice. And I got Brock Besser, uh, just regular um, short print out of 699. He's one of those. I guess that would be a star level card. Um, Also got a Carl Grundstrom rookie, uh, two jersey, dual jersey out of Mm -hmm. 499. Mm -hmm. That was not bad. Young rookie for the the Kings. but in that same box, I got an extra hit in that box. Oh, nice. Because my my third hit was an Aram card. Oh, okay. Um, it was Carter Hart. So okay. Not a bad one to get. No. Um, but my other, I got an extra hit in that box, and it was a Jordan Greenway year one sweater rookie patch mm-hmm. numbered out of 25. And it's a pretty cool looking patch. It's got three colors. Um it's got the green, the red, and the white. I don't know if you can see it there. On oh, the yeah. Picture. Very nice. It's a pretty nice. It's a nice looking card. I actually considered starting a Jordan Greenway collection because I have I have some kind of weird infatuation with guys that went to Shattuck. So, oh, really? Yeah. So, um, but so the other box that I bought, I had a flurry. Um, Emerald, which was kind of nice. Uh-huh. The Connor Hellebuck Ruby got another rookie out of there. Um, but I got an Aram in that box too. And it was this. I don't know if you can see that no, very it's well. Too, too shiny. So who is yeah. this? Notice it's not gold. It's oh, no, red. It's red. I see it's red. And it doesn't have a scratch off on the back. It's numbered. Okay. Uh, that would be. Elias Pettersson okay. of the Vancouver Canucks. And it's red. And I looked everywhere trying to find what this was. And I couldn't pinpoint it on any of the sell sheets. So it was kind of strange. I, I wondered if it might have been an unannounced. Maybe it was one of the unannounced things that Upper Deck seems to keep creeping into many of their releases. Um, because... There's also, and this may have been announced, but maybe not until later, those year one sweaters, there's mm-hmm. also photo variation versions of them Jeez. where they change the picture on them. Um, so, and it's, it's interesting. I mean, if you're into that kind of thing, looking for variations and, and all of that kind of stuff and unannounced parallels. I know they do that a lot with the, the Opeachy release. They'll do unannounced um, this year being no exception. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I like the boxes. 
you know, opinion-wise, if if you look, you know, Artifacts traditionally offers a lot for collectors. There's mm-hmm. a lot of variety. And over the years, it's always been, there's lots of jersey cards. Jersey cards, jersey cards, jersey cards to death. Well, I mean, it's called Artifacts, so... What do you what do you expect? It's gonna right. it's gonna have a lot of artifacts, which jersey pieces would fall into that category. You know, any more it's almost like the jersey card has become the base card. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because nobody I don't want to say nobody, but the vast majority of you know, the collecting community out there is chasing hits and they're not looking at base cards. So, you know, the base card to them is the single white swatch Jersey piece. Um, so I don't want to say jerseys are completely passe and played out, but eh, I mean, they've been at, they've been at it for a while. So having other options in a set like this, excuse me, um, where there's, all sorts of numbered short prints and rookies and redemptions and tiered colors and parallels and, you know, other, other oddities, um, is really nice to have. I mean, autographs alone, I counted 11 different autograph classes within the set. Wow. And that doesn't even count the regular base cards that have autograph versions of that's actual autograph separate sets that are on the, that are on the checklist. So, um, I think there's something for everybody in this and, you know, the price point isn't bad for the potential of getting an autograph and, and a couple of decent, um, decent pieces out of it. Well, there's two things that kind of bother me about artifacts. One is that I swear for the longest time, it was 10, 10 packs per box. Now it's eight. So somewhere along the lines, and I wasn't really keeping track of this, but I did notice it this year because as I'm opening it, I'm like, oh, only says eight packs per box. Okay, that was the first thing. And then the other thing that bothers me is I am not too hype on these Orum parallel or Orum. They're not parallels, but these Orum cards. Uh, I want to know what what's your take on that, because you got a couple of them. I didn't get any of them, which is fine, because I'm not really going to try to collect. So the deal is you, you have to collect. Well, you don't have to collect, but. If you collect all 48 cards and you redeem them and you're one of the first 25 people to do so, then you get cards number 49 and 50. You get a retro nine-card set, and then you get a uh, retro Austin Matthews autograph. And then if you just redeem one through 48, they have like a scratch-off on the back, and then you redeem those codes, then they'll give you cards number 49 and 50. But these Orem cards count as a hit because they're very careful to say that you could get three autograph memorabilia or orum bounty cards per box meaning you could get one of each you could get in my case i got one autograph and two memorabilia cards and zero orum cards so what's your thought on that um i'm in the same boat as you i don't i don't care that they're in there i don't like the fact that they count as a hit um, yeah. I think for a product like this, it, it shouldn't be, um, a, a hit shouldn't be wasted on a, a, a card. It's not a hit. I'm just going to be honest. It's not a hit. Right. Um, you know, nobody would consider that to be a hit. And the only reason why they're putting that stigma on it as being a hit 
is the fact that it belongs as part of that bounty program. I don't, I don't remember, and I could be wrong, but were the bounty program cards, those, those uh, Spectrum FX ones, part of SP, were those hits too, if you got one? Because I thought every box had at least one when the last few years when they put those out. And SP is a product that's 100 to 150 bucks. It has a lot more cards in it than, you know, eight packs. But it, moving the, you know, having the bounty program with Aurum, I got it. I don't have a problem with that. I just don't necessarily think those should be should be hits. And you can keep them the way they are. Like, okay, one out of 20 boxes has, or one out of 20 packs has an Aurum card. From what I've seen and watching other breaks, people that got arm cards didn't get an autograph. People that got autograph didn't get an arm card. So uh-huh. I don't know if there's any I don't know if there's any correlation to that, but it seems to be the coincidence that keeps popping up. From well, what yeah, I've... there's there's got to be a coincidence. There, there's got to be a correlation. Maybe. I, I so I wouldn't mind. I'll tell you what I do like about the idea of a bounty program and the arm cards is that people who seriously collect artifacts, I mean, the people who pull the hits and leave the base cards behind, or in some cases, they even leave the numbered parallels behind because they're really only after the autographs, the jersey cards, the redemptions, that sort of thing. This gives them more of an incentive to buy another case. Because, I mean, I might buy a box of of, uh, artifacts. I know back in, like, 1011 for some reason just everything was right about that set the timing was right where i was in my career i had a lot of disposable income i'd buy a few boxes of artifacts at a time uh, i got a lot of autographs you know i liked that set i liked what i got from that set i was i was happy with it um but if i was somebody who was buying artifacts a case at a time then i might say ah you know I like getting an Aurum card in every box, and this gives me an incentive to buy another case, to trade with people for the other ones that I need. You know, for that for that collector, that super collector, who's a case breaker, who buys the case and wants the hits from the case and would want that card too. What I don't like is saying, see this card? It's special because we're telling you it's special. Like, a piece of a jersey or a piece of a patch even if we don't like jersey cards, we know that's special. I mean, unless it's event used, then it's garbage. But if it's game used, then it's special. An autograph, even if it's a player you don't know, a player you don't like, it's still an autograph. And you're like, okay, the player signed this or signed the sticker. And it's still cool to have an autograph from this player. So we can at least, we all as collectors pretty much agree that the, these things are special. Not that they're necessarily valuable, but they have some merit to them as a collectible. Them just putting in, uh, Upper Deck just putting in a gold-colored card and saying, if you get all of these, then we'll give you two more, right? That That's one thing that I don't like, where they're given that instead of something that we all agree is special. The other thing is, is that you got a red one, and so I'm thinking that red one doesn't even go towards the set. So if you bought 48 boxes of artifacts and you got an aurum in every box and they were all different but five of them were red then you can't even use them towards the bounty program can you so uh, yeah because they don't have scratch offs and they're numbered instead right. 
And so, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your mind even more because yep. as we're sitting here, I also found red ones on the secondary market numbered out of twenty five. Mm-hmm. So there's an additional red one that I didn't know about. What was yours numbered out of? Ninety nine. Out of ninety nine. Wow. Yes. And so, so so there's at least red versions of those out of twenty five and red versions out of ninety nine. I don't know if all of them are out of both, or maybe some are and some aren't. I don't know. Because I haven't seen that on a checklist. So, so what are you, what's your opinion of this year's set? Um, well, I'll tell you mine. Well, because, guess, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So, the funny thing about artifacts is it seems like every other year I either like the design or I don't like the design. Although I've kind of lost count. So, I don't even know if it's every other year anymore. But I know that like one year I'll be like, oh, that's a great looking design. And then the next year, I'll just be like, eh, whatever. And then the next year, I'll be like, oh, it looks kind of cool. And then the next year, I'm just like, hmm, whatever. You know, like, it's it's all right. Um, I was actually digging around because I could have sworn I saw this design before. And even though they didn't use this design before, it does look a little bit like the 1617 artifact set. I mean, I'm glad you, you said only... that because I was thinking the same thing. Oh, okay, cool. Right. Because I know you can only arrange things so many different ways, but it's like, okay, name and team at the bottom artifacts running along the side of the card and then you know then they got shiny foil well in this case they have it on the top and the bottom where it says artifacts but like um i know like in the 1617 set it had the team logo in the lower left corner and this just has like a shiny foil embellishment in the lower right corner and the upper right corner but yeah i looked at it i'm like i thought i saw this design before and it does look very similar to the 1617 artifact set. I agree with that as far as design wise. I think artifacts hasn't changed much. I mean, honestly, there were a few years where it was kind of loud and obnoxious looking like it was some kind of Roman Colosseum thing going on. But artifacts has always had that design of it's, it's, it's fancy looking or, Mm -hmm. you know, some kind of thing and, and it's stuck to that same theme and I'm going to guess that that's what they're going for each year. So you're right. There's only so many ways you can take that design and twist it and turn it and flip it and whatever. Um, so design wise, I'm indifferent because I, I, I'm used to that and that's kind of what I expect to see on this, this particular product. I feel like the arm cards design wise look the same as the last last year or mm-hmm year before i don't know how many years they've been doing this now but um i can't tell the difference but you know you gotta really look at that card to be able to tell here's the thing for for a price pointed box that's around the 100 to 110 mark Mm -hmm. for a normal collector a normal everyday collector which i would consider myself to be Mm mm-hmm you have the potential to make to essentially make your money back if that's what you were looking to do, or you have the potential to pull some really nice looking things for your collection Mm -hmm. for, for somebody that's going out there and they're just looking for hits and all they want is hits. And they're buying this $110 box for those three guaranteed hits that are in the box. Plus the redemption card, you are not going to get, Oh, I shouldn't say you're not. Most of the time, you're not going to get satisfaction out of it. Mm-hmm. Simply because 
I don't necessarily think it's designed for that purpose. I think it's designed for the middle of the road collector that wants to get a product that feels like it's an expensive product. <laughs> that's that's the take that I have on it, it because I like it. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. And for the last, you know, what, what uh, artifacts is what, 15 years old now. They've been, they've been recycling that kind of same format. I mean, like I said earlier, the, you used to be able to get, you used to get a lot more, I think, Jersey pieces or Jersey piece cards out of it. Well, I, I know. Re- I remember getting like, cards with like two or three jersey pieces on them yeah like the, the tundra ta- trios tundra and tandems trios. yeah and all of that i mean I, mean, I, I pulled a fight strap like triple piece once it was like numbered out of five yeah, I, I got a, had... a size tag once oh a size tag that's, i got a size tag and then like probably the best best jersey card i ever got was uh crosby and ovechkin i got a taze and cane one once and I got a Crosby and Flurry one once. Wow! But I and then I got Melkin and uh, Ovechkin one time. Oh, that'd be a nice one. Yeah. Oh, well, you still got that Kane and Taves? Um, I might. Right, I might. We'll see, I'd have cause... to. That's a double check. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, so um. I would have loved to pull an auto. Let's put it that way. If I would have pulled an auto, I would have liked this more. But that's not about the product as much as it's about what was in my particular box. And it could have gone the other way. Because I've seen some of the autos that are out there. And some of them look great. I mean, yeah, the auto facts set doesn't necessarily have the strongest lineup of players. But it never has. But it's always had players where... You're like, wow, this has so-and-so's autograph. I've never seen them in any product. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's I think that's the whole idea behind it. But those Lord Stanley legacy signature cards, mm-hmm. those are sweet. I don't know if you saw any of those. Those are nice. No, the Yager one looks outstanding. Yager? Yeah, there's a Yager one that looks great. It's like a group A, so it's one out of 4,300 packs or something like that. So crazy can they like make that. a Yager but... card if he's playing in the khl but oh, yeah because it's old one from when he was with the uh it's a penguin because it's lord stanley's legacy so it's oh, okay all like right all players right. that play before now they have like the lords i think there's lord stanley's heroes or something which are more modern players mm-hmm. i mean if you're if we're going down the brass tacks i mean yager hasn't won a cup since 1991 so 92 oh. potato potato no, because uh, 91 was their first one. So, I, uh, and, yeah, 92 was the year they beat the Blackhawks. Yager beat the Blackhawks. Um, and, uh, to a lesser extent, Mike Keenan, but... <laughs> Yager could still beat the Blackhawks. And, well, the way they're playing right now, yeah. I mean, um, they're, they're, uh, I... You know, it's funny. I've watched the first uh, couple of Blackhawk games and I've been excited, but then they've just been letting me down. But we'll see. We'll see how they do. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I think I'm a little. I mean, I like the the designs all right, even though I've kind of seen it before already. I I don't mind it. Um, I uh, I'm not really super hype on the idea of getting an Orm card instead of a a, a hit. 
Um, but uh, we're in agreement on that. Um, yeah, agree with that. But, you know, one, one complaint I hear a lot is about the redemption cards, and uh-huh. I'm totally over that for the simple fact that Artifacts has always had redemption cards, and it's not about the fact that they just want to throw redemptions and hope nobody redeems them. It's about the fact that it's an early release product, and they don't have the signatures of those rookies that are going to be playing because they don't really know, nor right. do we. And right. so once those guys are in and they play for a few months and, you know, some of them may get sent back down, but other guys stick and they're playing through November into December. Yeah. Then they'll tell you, Hey, okay, here's who's going to be on this card. Here's going to be on this card, so on and so forth. You know, and the other gripe was always all oh, redemption cards. I never get them, blah, blah, blah. Again, my experience never had a problem with upper deck redemptions. Not once. Yeah, I haven't either. And I don't even, rem- I don't even mind redemption cards. Because they're trying to put more value in the set than they can when they release it. So they're just basically saying, look, here's some cards now, and here's a card that you're going to get later on, and we want it to be a good card, but we just don't have all the ingredients for it yet, and that's fine. My only complaint with redemption cards, and this goes back 10 years, 9 years, and this goes back to our buddies at Panini with their 10-11 score set. You know, when they talk about Fool Me Once... Yeah. Shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you. Yeah, I know so where they, you're going with this. Yeah, well, I'm just going to say it anyways for the listeners, because one of these days we'll have to we'll have to do a, a an hour-long show about Panini's little four-year run, rerun into the market uh, with hockey cards. But the sell sheets promised one rookie redemption card per box. I bought five boxes because they were going to be ten redemption rookie cards and i bought five boxes and i said all right you know i'll buy five boxes and you know maybe i'll buy the other five online or something the rookie redemption cards well i got exactly one rookie redemption card because they put it in the box they didn't do redemptions sorry it wasn't a redemption they put the rookie card in the box yeah but i didn't even notice it at the time it was just like you know, rookie card. And then I noticed that actually the stock was a little bit different. It had like, a, it didn't, it wasn't, there were the super glossy cards and then the regular cards, which weren't really glossy. And then there were the rookie update cards, like those last nine cards, I think it was. And it just had a slightly different feel to it. The paper, like when I looked at it and felt it, then I'm like, oh yeah, this, you could tell this was printed later and inserted later. And when I emailed their customer service, they're like, oh, well, we just decided to put the live rookies right into the, love that we go live rookies, right? Like, like contains live frogs or something, right? Like, like uh, live animals, whatever. Like, well, that's the thing. We changed our marketing thing midstream, but we didn't change any of our marketing material. Right. That's basically what so they did. I would have bought one box, maybe two boxes, but for me to throw down for five boxes, think, yeah, I'm going to get five rookie cards. Maybe I'll get Jeff Skinner. Maybe I'll get, you know, I don't know. Right. And then it just, it didn't happen. I was really upset about that. So, um, what year was that again? 10, 11. I was trying to remember who was, who was in there. That that was Skinner's year. Yeah. And that was like the year that looked like the 1991 set. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although better. Um, yeah. definitely improved on it, but, um, yeah, so um, I don't mind redemption cards because the card company wants to give you something nice. They just don't have it yet. And they've always 
look, they've always kept up on their promise. And I got to, you know, I'll tell the story again. A number of years ago, I was supposed to get a Patrice Bergeron jersey card. I don't even remember what product I bought, but right. Okay. So it was an upper deck redemption, Patrice Bergeron rookie card. It took a year. And like, I kept checking the website and I kept taking screenshots of it. And I wrote this little, you know, every now and then I read a blog post called where in the world is Patrice Bergeron. And I'm like, well, maybe it was an autographed card and that was it because if it was a Jersey card, they could just buy the Jersey from the Bruins and cut it up. It had to be an autographed card. Because she wasn't signing or something, right? Is that what it was? I don't know what it is, but he doesn't seem, he didn't have an exclusive with anybody and he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would say, no, I'm not going to sign your hockey cards upper deck. I mean, he, He's a pretty cool dude from what I understand. So I don't know what it was, but I know that after a while, they just, Upper Deck just said, all right, we're not going to be able to fulfill this. We're going to send you another card in its place. And you you remember what they sent me, right? Yes. I think so. 07, 08, Tuca, Rask. Rask, yeah. I I think it was an SP Authentic rookie card signed yeah it was a sp authentic signed tuka rask rookie card which yeah. i i saw that i'm like okay this is better than what they prop what they wanted were going to deliver so i had no complaints i was like wow this was like killing a fly with a sledgehammer i mean this was like above and beyond what they promised me if they just said okay here is another Bruins autograph or here's another Bruins jersey auto whatever i'd be like okay cool you tried right but it was just like, wow, that just exceeded my expectations. So I was super psyched about that. Yeah, when it works, it works. And like I said, I've never had a problem with Upper Deck. So when I get them from them, I'm not like screaming at the top of my lungs and throwing a tirade and hissy fit because it doesn't bother me. They, they take care of it. Now, if it was from a different company, maybe not. After Tim and I wrapped up our discussion, I called up Tony Siriani of Upper Deck, who is the product manager for Artifacts. Tony, thank you for joining us on the Puck Junk Podcast. Thank you for having me on, Sal. Excited to chat about Artifacts. It's uh, one of my favorites to work on every year. So why is that? Why do you like it so much? Uh, I just like that we're able to kind of deliver um, a, a product early in the calendar. Obviously, right now, the beginning of the season, everyone's super pumped, you know, for... Uh, hopes of all of all teams in the league at a chance at the cup you know everyone's still got a shot um hopefully my blackhawks start turning around but i know you being a chicago guy i'm sure you're feeling that as well but you know just to get the you know get the excitement of the season started uh obviously the redemption program is a is a huge part of artifacts it has been for a long time um you know again being able to start seeing those key rookie cards of your favorite team's uh you know, top freshman players. It's just, uh, it's a fun set to work on. I love the variety we have in there as far as the memorabilia content, um, the autograph cards. Uh, we also try to fit in some hard sign autos, which again, when we're able to do that early in the year, that's always a plus. So just a beautiful looking set and a lot of fun to work on. I wanted to ask you about some of the things. So, uh, I mean, uh, myself and my co-host, Tim, we opened some artifacts and uh, compared our notes. And so, you know, he wanted me to ask about... Um, you have the Orem insert cards, uh, which are part sure. of the bounty program. But then uh-huh. this year, it appears that there are red Orem parallels. That's right. Uh, one thing that we've, you know, we've really struck 
things to try to include and you know at least something in every set we like to include what we call our easter egg content mm -hmm. um we like to surprise the collectors with unannounced inserts unannounced hits um the orange reds were a part of that group this year um and yeah we've seen some pretty pretty uh, solid values on the secondary market uh the short print versions are crashing up to 25 so there's some pretty rare chase cards uh some of the top legends and other stars in the league just beautiful light effects cards you know uh it's been done a long time but when you start using different color tints and everything um those cards can really pop so just wanted to kind of include something as like a little extra bonus surprise within the packs so yeah, we were gonna actually ask why the unannounced stuff, why why the surprises, and I guess it's just because nobody's expecting it. So when you get it, it's, it seems like kind of a big deal. Yeah, just, uh, we just kind of just to add to the excitement, and exactly the surprise and the excitement. I mean, obviously, you know how the experience of opening packs—you can't beat the excitement of you don't know what you're gonna find. And you know, there's there's a lot of collectors that will do their, their research at the times that we release the checklist to the public, and mm -hmm. they'll kind of have an idea of what to find in packs, but. You know, like I said, we try to include, I'd say, on most of our products at this point, at least one sort of Easter egg surprise extra content uh, item in the set. Artifacts had a few different ones this year. Those red orums you mentioned being one of them. Mm -hmm. um, the other one that you know gets a lot of buzz is the SP short print variants we've done on the of the rookies. So this year there's SP photo variants of the top five redemption uh, rookie cards coming up. So again, just an additional kind of chase. Uh, surprise kind of bonus rookie card to chase of some of the top guys, you know, like the Jack Hughes's, like the Capococos, um, you know, that are already off to great starts. So, yeah, it's just kind of an extra, more more exciting content for the collector. And if we can surprise you guys along the way, we're, we're, we're happy to do that. It is tough to surprise people now because with the checklists <laughs> being, well, I mean, yeah. I, I do remember, you know, back in the day buying Up for Deck when it first came out uh, as hockey cards. And you know, getting it, getting a hologram and just being like, oh, I sure. didn't know about these or getting an SP card and just being like, oh, this is weird. This isn't on the checklist. What is it? Right. And exactly. I mean, obviously exactly. information traveled a lot slower then, but now it's like everything is is revealed. So then even if you get a great card, you know that it's a possibility or if you get a, a card of a certain player, you know, it's a possibility. And I know that you really can't not share the checklists anymore with with group breakers right because everybody Correct. wants to know you know how many blackhawks how many uh wild how many oilers you know are going to be in the set I, I had a friend who actually bought into a a break it was a box break and yeah. i think that there were like no whatever team he got there were like no hits for that particular yeah. team and the breaker apologized and actually like gave him a credit because they said, you know what? We didn't see the checklist before we did the break. We got the, we did the break before the checklist was revealed and we didn't know that there were not going to be players from this team. So obviously sure. he didn't have a, a shot at it. So yeah, it's, it's hard to surprise people when it's just like, okay, here are the cards you can potentially get. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, as far as breakers and everything with that, it's been an, it's been a, a great addition to the hobby, a great way for collectors to kind of, you know, get a chance at some very high end products that maybe they couldn't normally buy in, you know, in a box on their own by themselves. And, you know, that's something we take in, into, into uh, you know, into account when we build our checklists and we look at different teams and different players that we want to go out and get new autograph deals with, because, you know, the, you know, the collectors do want variety and we do try to represent every team. 
Um, there's always going to be the teams that are hotter one year to the next. Again, rookie content drives that. Um, you know, where last year Vancouver is the number one team with Elias Pettersson. Hmm. This year, you know, early on, you know, the Devils are a big team to get. The Rangers are a big team. So it's always going to change year to year. But it is something we do try to keep into uh, keep into account when we're building checklists and and uh, considering what subjects to go forward with with memorabilia and autograph deals. So I want to ask you about the design of the cards because you mentioned about how you like the design of these cards. And I know that sure. like now a lot of the cards you know like upper deck uh series one series two we expect full bleat photos because that's just exactly. fun and then like it, it took me a while but like sp authentic grew on me over the years like because oh, i was just yeah, like okay well SP, it's yeah. it's it's the you know the player cut out and put against a white background with some sort of design element and a lot of people are like well you know it's just white backgrounds that's kind of boring but it has its own look <laughs> to it so i can i can respect that so what maybe influences the design direction of the artifact cards because they definitely do have a unique look to them that changes from year to year uh more or less but yeah. it still you know has some some consistency so what are what are some of those things that you think about or incorporate or look in uh, look to for maybe inspiration or for sure. influence on the design that's that's a great question. Um, you know, we we really do strive with Upper Deck. You know, we know there's a lot of products that come out across the year between us and competitors, and we really try to make all of our, our products have a very unique brand feel. We want them to have a certain type of feel, a certain type of look. You nailed it exactly. SP Authentic, you know, has a very clean white background. Um, usually the player popped out, like you said. So again, you you guys are you guys are smart. The collectors understand that what we're trying to go for. Artifacts, it's always kind of had like kind of an ancient or kind of like older kind of ruin look kind of to it, sort of a distressed look, something again that's an artifact, something that's very old. Uh, it allows us to kind of have flexibility where we've had we've had designs through the years where you might see the design elements in the background that could be uh, of like an old coliseum or ancient structure or we've had some where you've seen a old old like paper looking written text on the card like very a lot of variety um, but one of the things i'd say that really always ties artifacts together are the multitude of parallels and the color shifts with that go with them so with artifacts we really go heavy with our deco foil coverage, which I'm sure you guys know, you know, is the shiny foils you see on the cards. Mm -hmm. And then the subsequent parallels, you kind of try to take into account, you know, how is this going to look when you shift to a green foil or a red foil? Or mm -hmm. we try to get funky with some of the colors. And this year we tried, we did like a pink uh, deco foil, which I thought looked awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so the deco foil and where it's placed is a big part of the artifacts design, how it kind of plays along with that kind of... Uh, ancient kind of older looking distressed feel i think it always comes out really great i mean we've through the years we've kind of adjusted color backgrounds and for the most part you don't see uh, a lot of natural background like you said with like a ud1 or two where it's you know a full action image of the player on the ice artifacts we're usually adding quite a bit of texture and design element to the background i just think the cards look great and it's a nice comparison as the as the product calendar goes along you know You've got OPG, which has a very retro, very um, classic feel. And then MVP is kind of that first modernized looking set. Again, a lot of action images with natural background. And then you get into 
um, you know, a set like Artifacts where we kind of take it up. It's kind of like a mid-range kind of field product where you're starting to hit a lot of memorabilia cards, a lot of autographs, orums, a lot of variety. So uh, I think it lends itself well to that, that we're able to kind of go down the road of different sort of, you always see a lot of frozen theming inserts or kind of uh, something around those lines. So the, the design, the, the designers get to really have a lot of fun with this set and go outside the box. Uh, that's one of the reasons I really enjoy it. Yeah, it is nice. It does lend a little more creativity than here is the photo. Now work in a logo and a name and a team name. Now you're actually getting some creativity with the, uh, yeah, with the background and with the design. And then it doesn't have to be so much hockey centric as maybe like an OPG card would, which can be okay too. Exactly. Um, exactly. So I wanted to ask, um, and I don't know what year this is. Shame on me for not doing my research on this, but. I could have sworn once upon a time artifacts were five cards a pack. Now they're four cards a pack. And I mm -hmm. do remember they used to be 10 packs a box. Cause I would think, eh, okay, 10, 10 packs around a hundred dollars a box. It's like $10 a pack. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. uh, now they're eight per box. So what happened here? I mean, without sure. getting into stuff you can't talk about, <laughs> maybe just give, yeah. give consumers an understanding why this was necessary. Uh, totally understand where you're coming from and you, you are correct. You know, artifacts for, for, for a long time, we were able to deliver at a 10, 10 pack box and we were able to deliver five cards per pack. Um, but you know, as time goes on, as you're aware, you know, the cost of doing business, just everything's going up. The cost of everything is increasing. And as a manufacturer, um, you know, we're unique in the sense that we, we incur the overhead costs of increased costs of paper um, the deco foils, all the fancy substrates we use, um, the UV, the UV protection on the cards, everything that goes into it, all of that cost just kind of, it's just going up, um, just kind of the nature of the world along with everything else. But on the other side, we're also including, we're incurring increased costs for autographs. Um, you know, we have to go out and, you know, get deals with these athletes that, you, that everyone wants to collect. And, uh, you know, that doesn't get any less expensive either. So, it's really an increase in costs and trying to offset that with still delivering a product that is, you know, palatable to the consumer. We still want you guys to be comfortable at the price point and feel that you're getting your value. And as you mentioned, you know, around $100 is kind of the sweet spot for a product like Artifacts, you know, with the with the level of the level of hits you're hitting, the rookie redemptions, you know, there's some pretty there's some pretty potent there's some potential there for some pretty valuable cards. But again, we understand as the consumer base and the variety of products, that $100 price range is a really good place to kind of keep a product like Artifacts. And to do that, to still deliver the content, still deliver the beautiful looking cards with the nice technology, you know, some concessions have to be made. And those are kind of the concessions that happen, unfortunately. But I still think that we're delivering um, the, the, the uh, you know, the base set content and the insert content that collectors want. And uh, I think we're still delivering a pretty good value at the price as well. You mentioned redemptions, and actually this is a little bit off topic, but on topic as well. Sure. What happens to you know those redemption cards that don't get redeemed? I'm not talking about the, the redemption cards, but I'm talking about the cards that they get redeemed for. So if you say this card is numbered to 599 or 1,000 or 100, but okay. let's, say, let's say it's numbered to 100, but only 75 of them get redeemed. What happens to those other 25 cards? Like, 
what does Upper Deck do with them once their uh, redemption has expired and nobody's going to be mailing in a re- or you know emailing for the re- to re- to redeem their code? Sure. Um, I mean, our redemptions do have expiration dates on them, so that does play into that. You know, is is taken into account. But as far as what goes on with the remainder, I that's completely outside my wheelhouse. Uh, I'm more creative. Once the product is kind of out the door, I'm on to the next year. I'm I'm for instance, right now I'm working on artifacts for 20, 2021, uh, believe it or not. So that's kind of handled by other departments. Mm-hmm. I wish I had more for you on that. Um, okay. But Fair. I, I don't really have that information. Might be something to ask your buddy Chris Carlin. He may have more info because I know customer service, they uh, you know, they do fulfill and help, you know. Um, facilitate a lot of the redemptions that go on. So he might be able to give you a little more insight into what goes on with that. You know, I should have asked this of you sooner, um, because obviously you like hockey enough to follow the Blackhawks. Um, Absolutely. I I too like the Blackhawks. When when did you start following hockey, just out of curiosity? You know, I grew up in Chicago. Um, I'm 36. So my years of growing up in the winters in Chicago – it was all Michael Jordan. It was all basketball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. with the situation with ownership with the Blackhawks, couldn't even watch the games on TV mm-hmm. growing up. So me, naturally, I gravitated to basketball as a winter sport. But as I've gotten older and, as, again, as, you know, the Hawks have taken off, I've become a, a much bigger hockey fan. I uh, love the sport. I would say for me, probably, you know, mid-2000s was probably when I really, really started getting a lot of more interest in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, yeah, absolutely love the game. It's fantastic. Uh, like I said, Blackhawks are my team. We're not off to a great start, but, uh, I think, you know, I think there's plenty of time to turn it around. Um, I think we've got, we're in good shape now having a, a second goalie we can rely on with Crawford. Leonard looked great. The mm-hmm. other night, unfortunately mm-hmm. didn't win, but, um, I think he's going to be the real deal for us all year long, but hopefully we'll get to see Kirby Doc soon. Cause Again, as we mentioned, you know, rookies are a big part of uh, what we do here, and, and I'm excited to start seeing some Kirby Dot cards. So we need yeah. to see him in an NHL game here hopefully soon. Well, he's got to do that conditioning stint first. So that's what they're calling it, right, a conditioning stint. Yeah, because he's been out with the concussion for a little bit, so I get it. But, um, yeah, he seems like he's going to be an exciting player. I'm, I'm really pumped to see him with the Hawks. That's pretty much all of my questions. Anything else you want to add about artifacts? You had mentioned the bounty earlier. I know that Chris is going to be, Chris Carlin is going to be putting out some more information, but the bounty is absolutely loaded this year for mm-hmm. artifacts. Um, there are prizing that's already, uh, that's already listed on upperdeckbounty.com, but we are excited to announce that we're also going to have some bonus prizing cards for the first uh, ever so many collectors that do the bounty program. So there's going to be additional very nice prizing included so hold on to those orum cards guys i know that those cards are uh are polarizing and not everyone feels that it's a true <laughs> hit but the, well, i'm glad you brought that up because hey I, I i read the boards and i and i love this hobby i know what i know what's liked and you know i know what is is met with resistance but i'm telling you those those orum cards are 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 worth it this year i'm telling you there's some really really sweet prizes tied to them so um collect that set you will not be disappointed the red orums, though, those can't be used as part of redeeming for the last two cards and the other prizes, correct? It has to be the gold color. Yeah, mm. just the standard golds that have the scratch codes. It has to have a scratch code on the back. Some of our other programs that we do, Bounty, um, we will only include scratch codes on a percentage of the cards. 
Orem Bounty, we make sure every version has a scratch code. So every version of an Orem gold card can be used towards collecting the bounty, the bounty set, and then eventually the bounty award cards. All right. Well, definitely worth your time, guys. Check them out. I think you'll be I think you'll be pleasantly surprised when you see what else we've added to that. Well, Tony, thank you for your time and hopefully you'll join us again soon. Absolutely, Sal. It's been great talking to you. Thanks again. Thanks again to Tony Siriani of Upper Deck and to my co-host Tim Parrish. Until next time, thanks for listening. For more hockey goodness, follow us on Twitter at PuckJunk. <laughs>